You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You know, one of the things that for, for men's prayer, which I highly recommend, and women's prayer, come on. What a great week, this last week of men's and women's prayer. So powerful. Um, one of the things that... Um, you know, as you as you lean into what God has for you, and as you're you know advancing financially, business wise, different things, and you're praying, you're asking God to be involved in where you're going and, and the success that God wants to bring into your life. Um, you know, oftentimes you pray, right? You go to God, come on, God, come on, God. I need I need I need breakthrough. I need finances. I need wisdom. I need an idea. I need strategy. I need this raise. I need whatever the situation is. I remember a lot of times at the beginning of coming to awaken and being at men's prayer, you get in that circle and you're praying for these ideas and you're praying for breakthrough. And those that's all good. And then God began to give ideas. God gave me ideas by the Spirit. God gave prophetic words over my life uh, by other people, ideas, strategies, books, different things like that. And I remember I remember as, as this process was going, and I get these, oh, this is awesome, such a great thing. And then I remember kind of continuing to ask the same thing, and the Holy Spirit kind of checking me to say, listen, you actually don't need another idea. You just need to do the ideas that I've given you, Right? You're going, God, I need a a financial breakthrough. I need a miracle. And God's going, I've literally given you about 35 ideas. If you would just do a couple of them, you would see financial breakthrough in your life, right? This is how God works with us. The Bible says he gives us power to create wealth, right? He is not a welfare God. He does not just give handouts to us for a whole life. That's what you do with a child. That's not what you do with a mature adult, right? You grow out of the handout phase and into the creating, multiplying, producing phase, and God blesses you. He puts water on the seed you sow. He puts water of favor on the business you start, right? It's kind of hard for him to increase when you don't do anything, right? All right, I get a little harsh. Was that too mean? Was that a little too mean? <laughs> Did I start? I need to start off nicer. Okay, no, no, you guys are awesome. It's just I, I love how God partners with us. This is I'm I'm talking out of passion because this is a revelation I got. I used to just have more of a all right, just head down, work really really hard, bring my tithe, and just hope for the best. That's a part of it. Faithfully tithing. That's a part of it. Working hard. That's a part of it. But, you, but if you don't use the ideas God has given you to create wealth and to produce and to increase and advance, then God's not just dropping magical checks in your bank account. Right? That's, that's, not, how God, that's not how God operates. Now, he does that under uh, unique extreme circumstances. Right? There were two times in Katie and I's journey when we first moved here six years ago where we'd stepped out of a major out in faith, out of our jobs and out of our security, and things were not heading in the direction I had assumed on a financial level. And God literally sent food to our doorstep, and God sent us a $1,000 check that was the exact amount we needed to cover our bills. Okay? But he hasn't done that since. Right? So like, like a good father, he says, hey, listen, I got you. I'm here for you. Yes, you're still in my plan, but now I need you to get to work. I need you to produce. I need you to increase. I need you to multiply. Amen? Amen. All right, that's not what I'm talking about. But let's get into Genesis 
chapter 8, verse 22, and uh, I'm going to um, preach a message called War and Peace, War and Peace. Genesis 8, 22 says, as long as the earth endures, there is seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So anytime that something's going to grow, there's a process of planting, there's a process of time, and then there's a process of harvest. And that journey is common to us because we understand that. But imagine if you, never, if you didn't realize this is how God works in all of our lives. There's different seasons. There's different times. If you just thought like you didn't understand how God works, you might just think life is just all sowing, right? And, and, and that's just all it was, just give, give, give. Or maybe you just think, man, it's just all in the waiting season. Everything's just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Or maybe you, just, you get into harvest season, man. It's just harvest. Life is harvest. But then all of a sudden you get back to, to sowing again. There, there's always a process. There's different seasons. You remember when you were a kid or maybe you have uh, young kids down, they have some type of little class project where they have the cup of dirt and they put the seed in it and set it on the windowsill and watch it grow. How many of you know, like, that feels like forever, for that seed to come out of the ground. It takes so long usually that you're like, man, you ever just like wonder, did they really put a seed in the dirt? You know what I mean? Like, especially like if you're, it was like a kid project and you as an adult are like, all right, that cup of dirt's been sitting there for quite some time now. And uh, I am seeing no leaf, anything coming out of this dirt. And your, your thought is like, I'm just going to dig in there and make sure there's a seed. You know what I mean? Just, did they actually plant something, right? Of course, that delays the process, but that's, that's a whole other message, right? Leave the seed in the ground. But anyway, so, the, you know, you, you can forget uh, that there, there's different seasons that we go through, and there is a planting season, there is a waiting season, and there's a harvest season, and there are different seasons in our lives that we go through, and we are in a unique season. It's important to know, it's essential to be able to sense and know the season that you're in. You got to be able to know the season that you're in. You got to be able to lean in and, and get a discernment from God to say, okay, what is the season of life that God has us in? And we have that individually. We have that usually as a family. They're kind of like, you know, different climates, climates within climates, right? I'm going to know your home can have a certain atmosphere or literal physical temperature than the outside, than this building, right? Sometimes there are different climates and temperatures and different places that we go, different seasons that are happening simultaneously. And America has a season that it's in, right? There's a uniqueness and it goes through different seasons, different eras, different cycles of things that we're facing. And right now we're, we're in a unique season, what I would call a wartime season, right? We are in a wartime. Ecclesiastes 3, let me just remind you that the Bible says there's seasons for everything, right? Uh, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under, under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I don't really like that time. Uh, a time to search. Right, babe? Hey. Listen, I don't know what time that is. I don't like it. Okay. A time to research. My number one goal is to get my wife to roll her eyes, say wow, or something like that, right? 
<laughs> but not wow as in wow is a great word. It's more like wow, oh my God. Like time to search and time to give up, time to keep, time to throw away, time to tear down, time to mend, time to be silent, and a time to speak. This is a speaking season right now. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace, right? We're in a war time. I would say, I think we could all feel that. Have you felt, I mean, the, the shift in our nation, obviously in the last, especially about two years, there's just been an intensity difference. There's been an atmosphere difference. It's heavier. It's, it's a unique season that we're in. It's not the first time we've been in this season. It's not the last time the planet is going to be in a season like this, but we're in that kind of season. And I'm thankful for pastors like Pastor Jürgen Leanne who understand the times and the seasons and have called us into it. So there's a difference then in messaging, right? How how many know that you you don't, like in in a marketing or design or from a business standpoint, each new season, there's different marketing that comes out. There's different messaging, right? You know, the holidays are going to lean into a holiday mess, you know, theme, right? Everything's Halloween right now. And then it's going to go to Christmas. And then it's going to be New Year's. And then it's going to be Easter, right? It's just like a constant new messaging, new season, new thing. Well, the, the challenge actually in the church world is unfortunately, while we were in a peacetime season and you kind of preach peacetime messages, our church thankfully discerned the season shift and you start moving into wartime messages, but a lot of churches never changed their messaging, right? A lot of pastors even right now are still preaching peacetime messages and they're completely disconnected from reality. Right? They're not discerning the times. They're not seeing what's going on. So I, I, you know, the best way I can sort of easily think about the difference is that a peacetime message is about like how to plant your garden, how to weed the garden maybe, but a wartime message is how to defend your garden and how to take new territory, right? So there's a difference. There's a difference. We, we still got to plant, right, in, in war times, but, but it's not just that, right? It's not just, you know, three keys to, to garden weeding, although, you know, we do got to weed the garden of our heart, but, but that's, that's not this season, right? And, and honestly, um, there, there's elements of it like I wish we could get past this quicker. I wish we weren't still in this wartime season. Because even if you notice, my, my Instagram has shifted in this last wartime season, right? The way I talk, what I talk about, what I emphasize, what I lean into, I got to be honest, sometimes I'm annoyed at my own Instagram. Because I'm like, I wish I could just get back to posting some nice Bible verses again that are more group hug related, you know what I'm saying? A little more warm and fuzzy. But, but, but we got we gotta, a, a season right now that we need people speaking truth into the moment, right? So that, that's why it's like that. I was talking to somebody who uh, you had a friend that's out of town, and they, all they see the window into Awaken is all of our Instagram, and they're like following them, and myself and Pastor Jürgen and, and all those people. We're just like going after stuff. And I was on the phone with them. I said, hey, listen, listen, we are passionate about this, and we're always going to be passionate, but we're passionate about truth. It's not just this moment that we got ourselves all worked up about something. We're passionate about truth. I said, but also you're getting a window into wartime awaken, not peacetime. So you got to understand the times that we're in that we're seeing. But, but here's the thing about a, a wartime. 
Here's the thing about this season, and I'm thankful to be a part of a church like this. I'm thankful to be on the front lines fighting uh, for truth in this season. But the, the truth is that a wartime in any one of our lives, if we're in a constant state of war, you can get what's called adrenaline fatigue. Right? If you're in a constant state of redlining your emotions, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like where you're just always on edge constantly, and, and I'm, I'm in like all the group threads, they're talking about all the stuff and how do we take back San Diego and like there's all this like network of different organizations and we're bantering and okay, we're rallying here. We're doing this and can you believe, you know, Fletcher this and you know, like we're all like, if you're not careful, you'd be in such a heightened, ah, you know, like state. And, you know, sometimes you just got to shut off social media, sometimes, right, all these types of things. But you can be in that state because we are in a season that requires us to lean into something specific. But if we're not careful, we can kind of redline ourselves emotionally, right? We can kind of redline ourselves. And, and the truth is we have to learn how to have peace in the middle of war, right? We have to be able to do that. Otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll burn ourselves out. We'll fry ourselves. Because guess what? This isn't the last war, either metaphorically or physically, that we're going to have to fight in our lifetimes. There'll be other wars. There'll be other seasons. There'll be other times where we have to stand up and we got to resist things. And sometimes they can be back to back to back, right? Have you ever just thought like, oh yeah, once we fight this battle, then it'll be smooth sailing, right? If there's anyone who's lived a little longer than me, you can probably attest to the fact that's, that's, a, that's a fake concept, right? And I've, I've talked a little bit about that. But if, if you live feeling like, I just, I'm just going to fight hard for this season, I'm not going to relax, I'm not going to let up, man, you, you're going to get yourself in a world of hurt. Uh, you got to be able to find peace, right? One of the posts that that I did speaking into this was called awake but not worried, right? Because we got to be awake to what's happening, but there's no reason for a believer to live in a constant state of worry, right? It's just like, amen, you can clap for that if you like. <laughs> it's a little bit like when Paul is talking about uh, when, when people pass away that know the Lord, right? You go, listen, we mourn because any loss is tough. But the Bible says that Paul instructs the church, hey, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. So there's a difference. When someone is a believer and they, they die, man, we miss them and we can weep and we can cry and we can do all of that and that's necessary. It's a part of the grieving process, but I don't have to be hopeless. I don't mourn for a loss of a loved one that goes to heaven the way, uh, the way an unbeliever mourns loss because to them, death is final. But for the believer, death is not final, right? Death is, is, is a gateway into eternity, right? So, so I don't mourn. But in the same way, I don't have to face war like those who have no hope, right? I don't have to face the times we're living in today like those who have no hope, right? So there, there's got to be a way to find peace in the middle of war, okay? So war and peace can happen and need to happen in our life simultaneously. I'm going to get into Psalm 23. I realized that I actually leaned into some similar verses the first week of this prayer series. 
So God must be just bringing us back to this, but I, I'm going to add some other stuff in there, so don't tune out, or if this is the first time you're here this month, this is brand new to you, so it's all good, okay? So Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. This whole chapter, by the way, if you have, you know, you're like amped up, just read this a couple times. This is sort of like, it's equivalent of a glass of wine before bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, this will calm you down, right? Just, it lowers the blood pressure. Uh, just, this is, this is like God's supernatural sleeping aid chapter. So let's, maybe we need to put the lights up as I read this first, this chapter. But the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Come on. I love that chapter. It's obviously a theme. If you were here Wednesday night uh, at our Wednesday night combined San Marcos Presley campus, Pastor John Heinrichs also leaned into this verse. And so I think God is trying to speak something to us. Uh, even when we're in the darkest valley, we don't have to fear evil, right? We don't have to live in that state of fear. And if you hadn't noticed, one of the biggest things that actually happened during this last couple of years is, is, is actually the, the virus of fear has been the most deadly thing that has come into the earth in a fresh way, okay? And, and I, don't, I don't say that just to try to be kind of like, yeah, vaccines and viruses. or I, I just say that to be honest about I know what's, what happened as a primary. There are other things that are at play, but as a primary weapon of the enemy, he used it to just ride fear at an unprecedented way across our entire planet. And you can tell that because if you ever just looked at life and go, wow, these people are insane. That is insane. What they said is insane. What they're doing is insane. Well, you do insane things when you are in fear. Fear causes you to stop thinking logically. It causes you to make really bad decisions. So there's a lot of insanity happening because people are so afraid they're making illogical decisions. They don't make sense. It doesn't work. It it's two plus two is 35. You know what I mean? Like that is what people, it's not even two plus two is five anymore. It's 35. It's 195 square root of something times pi. That's what's happening right now, right? Because fear is just freaked their brains out, right? And so they're, they're acting like that. But God, we don't have to be in fear. We, even though we walk through, I love how he says your rod and your staff, right? These are tools of the shepherd that guide us, sometimes lovingly, sometimes correctingly, but, Jesus, but, but David says they comfort me, right? Knowing that you're with me. Because when I'm in darkness and I can't see and I'm just, I'm confused and maybe I'm afraid and maybe I'm in anxiety, I'm in worry, I'm in a dark situation, I don't know which way to go and all of a sudden I kind of feel the rod and the staff of the shepherd going, not, not that way. Okay, okay. Whoa, 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 this way, this way, 
right? The rod and the staff of God began to comfort us, guide us, direct us, and lead us through. And then I love the part where David says, you make me, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And I think this is important because in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of wartime, like it says in the presence of his enemy. So the enemy hadn't been defeated yet. He's still in the darkest valley and God prepares a table before him, right? He sits down to have a meal and it's important. They understand how important it is when you're in the middle of intensity, when you're in the middle of a wartime season, you gotta pause and you gotta have breaks. You gotta have breath. You gotta have R&R. You gotta chill out a little bit. You gotta renew yourself, right? Even um, there was a time where Paul was about to be shipwrecked and, or yeah, and, and there's just turmoil and everyone is freaked out and they're throwing cargo overboard and they think they're all gonna die, but God had already given the Apostle Paul word, you're not gonna die. But he says, hey, everybody, you're not gonna die. Chill out, God already spoke to me. But you know what? Y'all need to eat some food. You guys are freaking out. You haven't eaten for a few days because you're so afraid, the storm, ah, ah. And how many know, right, when you get in that mode, you stop resting, you stop, taking care of yourself. And, and Katie showed me a, a great meme the other day to never underestimate the power of a snack and a nap, right? Right? And it turns out it's biblical. Remember when Elijah called on fire from heaven, took out the prophets of Baal, and it was this epic moment? Next moment later, old Jezebel, the spirit of fear, starts lying to him. He gets full of fear. He gets hiding and running. You think, man, this dude just called on fire, and now some woman's, like, accusations are freaking you out because that spirit of fear had got in there in a moment of weakness, right? But then all of a sudden, he's, he's like, I'm gonna, I want to die. I'm overwhelmed. I'm the only one. Like, he just goes, like, super emo on it and just, like, really feels like all hope is lost. What does God do? Sends angels to feed him, and then he sleeps, and then he's able to run again. So a nap and a snack. Come on, somebody. Somebody. Somebody needs to take a nap today. Come on. Now, listen, I'm, a, I'm sort of like a Sunday napper a little bit, but I'm not really a nap person. Uh, who's, who loves naps? Let's just be honest. This is an honesty moment. Love your naps. My wife, my wife loves the nap time. I, listen, I, I never want to take a nap. I just, I just feel like you're missing life, you know what I mean? And, uh, but if you force me to hold still for like two seconds, I will fall asleep, okay? <laughs> it will happen if you force me to. I can definitely take a nap. I just am not like, dude, you know what sounds great today? A nap, you know what I mean? Like I just, but for many in this room, no judgment. Like I would be judging except for I'm married to somebody who likes a nap, and I realize it's okay to like naps. It's all right. So shout out to all the nap takers out there. Yeah. Shout out to the rest of us getting, well, I don't know. Are we getting stuff done while they're napping, or are we just messing around? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to say. You know what I mean? Good days and bad days on that. Or are we just watching football? That might be also what's happening. Come on. Go Seahawks today at 125 in Jesus' name. Um. So let, let me just kind of wrap it up with a few things. Let me, let me read another verse to you, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in, in every situation, 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and I love this verse, amazing promise, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some, some of us, we, we need the peace of God again to, to protect us, to guard us, to guide us, right? I, I love that promise. If you, if you will just make a commitment that when worry and fear and doubt and the overwhelmingness of, of the moment get at you, if you'll, if you'll commit to stopping and putting your attention back on Jesus again, to pray, to worship, I'm telling you what, you'll be amazed at how the peace of God will begin to guard your, your life. Uh, again, back when we had first moved here, big step of faith, we'd come out, um, you know, down here to San Diego and trusting God. And those, that beginning, especially year, almost, almost two years, it was just some battle to take new territory, to step into what God had for us. So financially, it was a, a struggle. We'd just be back and forth on some different things. And I, re- I remember in those times where it just feels like the weight and the intensity of everything would just be on you, and it feels like it, it starts shutting you down. The thing that I would just remember to do, listen, I don't know how to answer this right now in this moment, but I'm going to go worship, right? I'm just, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to my office area. I'm going to put on worship music, and I'm just going to begin to pray. I'm just going to begin to worship. And you know what? I would leave that kind of prayer closet, if you will, that worship moment. I would leave that moment different, right? My circumstances weren't always instantly different. I didn't have a magical reversal to everything always out of those, but I was different, right? I had found peace in the middle of a war. I had found peace in the middle of the storm, right? And it's, it's so important that we understand how to navigate that in our own life, how we navigate that in, in our own situation, finding the ways to stop and get refreshed so that you can keep on battling, right? Did, let, let me just give you a couple things. These are, these are obvious, but I just want to remind you, if you're going to have peace in the storm, you got to have a daily time with Jesus in his word, right? Got to get with Jesus every day. Start a daily Bible reading plan. Get active. Get connected. I'm telling you what, it's powerful to have a consistent daily engagement with God. You're getting engaged every day with a thousand other messages. You need to make sure his voice, his message is the primary injection into your life, right? The primary voice into your world has got to be God's word. Literally, your life would be no worse off if you shut off all forms of media except God's Word, right? You'd actually probably enjoy your life um, at another level. But that's not always possible because we all live in the world. We all live in the fight. We all live in the battle. So I've got to be able to figure out how do I still maintain peace. The answer can't always be 100% of the time. Shut it off. Cancel it. Stop it. Quit it. That's that's unrealistic for most of us to, to eliminate all the noise. So I've got to be able to figure out how do I find peace in the middle of that. So that's a daily time with Jesus, right? Get with God. I love listening to the audio Bible. It's the way I do it. Wake up, coffee, ear pods, phone, let's go. You know what I mean? Press play. And disallow the, the Spirit of God to, to speak to me, to guide me. Every single day. Here, here's something that is super important is that you got to have a good vacation flow in your life. Okay? This, this is as spiritual. I'm going to 100% say that. You relaxing, 
you breaking, you taking time as a family or with friends uh, is, is so important, right? This whole nap and a snack kind of a concept here, right? This is so important that you value a break, that you value a little R&R, right? And I love doing like quarterly. We try to do like a quarterly type of at least getaway, sometimes monthly if we're able to, right? But at least a quarter, right, where we're going to go and take a couple days. We're going to go chill out two, three days, right? Minimum two because one is like you're barely breathing uh, before you have to go back home. You don't want to do that, right? So we try to do that. We try to find ways to, to break. Um, obviously, you know, I think sometimes even waiting for that kind of classic once a year, two week vacation, it's like if you wait that long every year to pause, you redline for 11 months. By the time you get to that two week vacation, you're, you're not probably even able to recover or rest or really enjoy it. So try to think more consistent rest, consistent R&R, take breaks, pause. I'm telling you what, it's powerful for you, right? Because you, you're not gonna be able to go the distance with your purpose and your calling and everything that God has for you. If you're fatigued and burnt out and done, you gotta rest, have fun, right? And laugh, there's another one. You just gotta laugh, have fun, right? Have fun, amen? Watch a comedy, go to a comedy club, right? Watch some Chris Farley, uh, it's for the OGs out there. Um, get, laugh, enjoy your life, right? You need the intention to do that. My wife is good at reminding me of that because I'm very much a let's get work done, let's make stuff happen. I can laugh, but if I'm not careful, I'll be so just focused on, you know, what's next, what's next, how are we going after it? It's like, my wife's like, hey, when are we having fun next? You know what I mean? Like, and I need that. We got to have that. When are you having fun next, right? If you don't have fun scheduled next, then you need to do something. Figure it out. When are you having fun next? Like right now, get it on the calendar. Fun. After church today, at lunch, fun. When's it happening? Enjoy your life. Breathe. Laugh. This is powerful. This is important. This is necessary to be able to sustain wartime intensity. You got to be able to pause. This is why also God instituted the Sabbath, right? And here's the thing. If you can have one day a week where you're literally able to shut the world off, just no phone, no checking email, awesome. Some people do not have the luxury of that because of entrepreneurial life or different things going on. But here's what I want to encourage you. You, gotta, you do have to carve some time during your week. Literally, whether it's a two-hour block somewhere where you're just going, phone's off, um, put my feet in the sand maybe, um, just relaxing, um, taking a nap. I mean, whatever it is, got to find some time in your week, every week, where you literally Sabbath, okay? you got to do that. Hey, listen, I, I'm sort of speaking as somebody who has not prioritized that in the past. Because I say, that's fine. Ah, no burnout in the kingdom. Ah. <laughs> right? We're good. Yeah, it's like, that doesn't work. People, people's lives fall apart. And we're, what's wrong? What's wrong? Well, when's the last time you took a vacation? When's the last time you paused? When's the last family night? When's the last date night? When's the last just relax, right? When's the last good laugh, right, that you had? Do that. Enjoy life. Health and fitness. I, I can't speak a lot about this because you can see me. Uh, if this was more of like a Zoom thing, 
I could talk about this. I have a few, I have a few fitness Instagrammers in the audience that uh, follow them and uh, take their advice, but uh, it is important, right? If you're a, not, it is important, right? Our lives, our lives, a lot of times people's lives uh, end sooner than God designed because we don't take care of ourselves. And uh, so we want to we want to make that matter in our lives again, right? And everything. One of the things I love that many health people have brought up in this season is going, "Hey, what if we mandated working out and eating healthy? If that that would be a mandate that would change the world. <laughs> that that would literally change everything, right? If we mandated that kind of a deal, right?" But who wants to mandate hard work and self-discipline? That would be no fun. No fun at all. All right, let me wrap up with this. Worship, praying in the Spirit. Uh, spend time with God like that. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Every day, I'm telling you what, this is the kind of thing that, that allows you to find peace in the middle of the battle. If you found yourself kind of a little bit in that redlining, high emotion, high intensity, having a hard time just relaxing, that you're in, you're in a wartime adrenaline mode, and you got to be able to breathe, though. you got to force yourself to spend time with Jesus, relax, find some peace, right? When you're in the middle of a battle, right, you, you pray, you up thanksgiving, right, and the peace of God. The peace of God. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.